0: podcast theory for turntables i'm matt and that's ryan ryan you know i'd leave any party for you matt a man is not his song a song is a promise if a man is just
1: his song then the song is beyond us
0: Mm, and we are not alone we are joined by amanda amanda come with your true arc to fall all the way down like an empire into a kingdom of guts
2: it's my pleasure and your pleasure. <laughs> yep, I went for the low-hanging fruit.
0: It's, uh, yeah, it, well, it definitely is to have you, and, and um, if, any, if you are too blissed out and chill to uh, have listened to any of those lyrics, I'll tell you that they're from Feist's uh, latest release called Pleasure, uh, which is the album that we're going to do this week. And let me tell you, uh, if, if, uh, if the W Hotel ever decides to go all acoustic just for a week you know <laughs> just for a they could just put this record on loop and uh and it would be very it would be very very appropriate very in place in the in the the chill wave it's like an acoustic um chill wave album no it's a uh it's a kind of stripped down indie rock album um, I am not a huge, huge Feist fan, but but Ryan is a little more uh, conversant with Feist than than I am, and uh, if you only know Feist from the one, two, three, four uh, iPod ad. You will, um, you will find a, a, a garden of earthly delights or ethereal intellectual delights or maybe not any delight at all, maybe just bitter recriminations and introspection in the wake of a, of a terrible, uh, terrible breakup. But it will be done in a kind of stripped-down indie rock uh, kind of way. I don't know, Ryan, I feel like I'm not doing justice to this. Is this fair, what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: I mean, I it is. uh, I think that if you are new to Feist, if you kind of only know um, one, two, three, four, uh, aka the iPad Nano song uh, or the iPod Nano song, um, that uh, definitely go back and kind of uh, hop around in the discography, um, especially the Reminder, uh, which just turned ten, so that was released in two thousand seven, and also the album uh, before that, uh, Let It Die, uh, which has is really very cool and has some. Uh, some songs that are kind of reminiscent of kind of French pop. Um, I think there's a Bee Gees cover on there um, and there's just some very, it, it's, uh, and I said, um, you know, it is the only, uh, uh, the only, the, the chillest music allowed in the home of of myself and uh, TFT punk correspondent, Rachel D. Um, and, and so that while the music is, you know, um, you know, low key in, in tempo and volume. I think that there are, are lots of, whether it's moves that are conceptual, that are vocal, that are an in instrumentation that kind of peak interest, but it is, I mean, this is an interesting, um, album. We'll, we'll get into this is as I was thinking about, um, lyrics with which, uh, to greet you, it, it took at least a little bit of uh, a jumping in because even more than other Feist albums, this is this is kind of Feist's Beach House album in a way. Um and yet it's still yes, a lot yes. different. It's different from Beach House, um, in, in a lot of ways. I think there's a little less droning, but that that there is something similar about that it's it's kind of vibes and lyrics, right? Um, but it's vibes first, right? <laughs> um, um, but I know, I mean, Amanda, you explicitly requested to be on this episode. Uh yes. so, so you must also have have um have a a you must be feisty for feist how about how yeah
0: what's your hashtag vibe today
2: um pj harvey uh her vibes i feel so like you, pleasure sounds a lot like that album which is one of my favorite of all times my story with feist is that i used to like a lot of her, a lot of her stuff but never really got the reminder uh let it die. So I just, you know, I had a slight idea of what she sounded like and I really liked a bunch of songs. But those two albums sound a lot more like, you know, easy listening. It's not easy listening, but like if, you know, it, it's like tangen- ten- ten- ah, tangential to that. And then yeah. suddenly I went to see her in concert for Metals and it was like, whoa, what happened?
1: Well, and, and it's, it's it's interesting that you kind of bring up PJ Harvey because for as much as there are kind of folkier or vibier songs. This is also in a way Feist's rock album, right? That, and, and, yeah. uh, the, the title track kind of gets there, um, as does, uh, century and a few others. Right. And so that there's actually a lot of diversity of texture. Um, and so that you can have something that feels much more like rock or kind of, you know, alt rock, um, that, that then is ha- like, sits a song, uh, alongside a song that has like sampled cricket sounds, right. Uh,
0: I like uh, I like the the way you put that. Like it almost gets there. Like the it's it's almost like are we gonna get off the couch, you know, and go to the tasty burger, you know? And sometimes you make it and you have a delicious hamburger, and sometimes you just uh, collapse languorously back onto the couch and you don't have a burger, but it's fine because you're vibing,
1: huh? Or or maybe it's not fine because you're depressed. <laughs> 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 Any rate, right, it's a fine line between vibing and depression.
0: <laughs> so uh, just you know, I don't know. Go go out and uh, it's it's spring. Go out and sit outside somewhere. <laughs> right, like languorously recline and contemplate your uh, you know contemplate your feelings and uh, you know think about uh, old loves, loves lost. Think about uh, you know the 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 way that life disappoints you and lets you down. Um, count the number of hours, minutes, and seconds in a century and uh, listen, to some, listen to Feist's pleasure uh, on, on repeat. You, you won't be able to tell where it ends and the repeat begins. Uh, and, and when you come back, uh, listen to the rest of this podcast, which will continue after this word from our commercial sponsor.
1: Are you trying to listen to approximately five-ish gigabytes of
0: music? (laughs) Yeah, so so much. So much music. I'm trying to.
1: Well... I know. Isn't that a mind-blowing amount of music? Like five? Can you imagine five gigabytes carrying around with you? It's like both big and kind of small at the same
0: time. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh it's like bigger than pico, but it's or, or micro, but less than uh, but less than centa.
1: That's right. It's or the, milli. It's the iPod Nano.
0: Oh wow! Is that one millionth of an iPod? It's one, two, three fourth of an iPod. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What can I do with it?
1: Well, you can listen to like a like a a reasonable amount of music (laughs) in two (laughs) thousand seven.
0: that's so that's so exciting my goodness the the ipod uh with a hard drive the size of a deck of cards is too big for me to carry around
1: i know it It gives me back strain too but hey are you trying to find out how many days hours and seconds are in a century yes
0: I, i've been trying at the calculator and i just can't figure it out why not try
1: iCal also by the makers of the iPad
0: iPod Nano. Oh wow. Can I run iCal on the iPod Nano?
1: Oh no 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 no, oh, no no I see.
0: I see what do I need in order to run iCal on it?
1: Um you need uh you need well really any party will do <laughs> any party any party at all just go to a party with a calendar and an iPod nano and then you will have iCal
0: on your iPod Nano. I mean, really? any party will do. Well, any party will do. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll head out. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, you, the biggest I, corporate. I'm Steve. I'm Steve
1: Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been hiding in Cuba. I'm alive with Tupac.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, uh, enjoy enjoy listening to music. I hope I hope you have some good hashtag vibes down there.
1: Thank you. Apple iPod Nano calendar i'm not dead i'm steve
0: jobs and 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 we're back i uh, ryan and amanda i have a question yeah shoot i mean i i should is it for both of us yeah well it's it's i it's for both or either of you i mean the answer to that is a qualified yes Um, hit us with it it's uh you know this this feist with the uh with the kind of the low-key musings with the introspection with the the hurt feelings over uh lost love with the the mature take on um on life's life's problems you know with the lack of of uh, the blistering anger of punk or the, the uh, tempos. Um, th- this this pleasure by Feist, is this shoegaze or is it mom rock?
2: <laughs> is it gazing down to a pair of violin Fisher's?
0: Uh, I mean, if that if the kind of shoe is important, I guess we could specify. Because are those are those the mom, the momest of the oh, shoes? Oh, yeah.
2: Eileen Fisher is like the official brand of moms.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, huh. I mean, that's an interesting idea. If you're if you're gazing at mom shoes, like what does that mean? Right. <laughs> it, it means I mean, what like when one gazes at um, at mom shoes, what does one contemplate? The, uh, the passage of time, I think. Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. the 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 distance between one's youth and today, right? Which is an interesting thing because Dad Rock is sort of conceptualized as a, uh, like not refusing to grow up, right? Like as a sort of uh, trying to recapture the magic of the rock and roll from one's youth for middle-aged guys like us and that that uh perhaps mom rock is about uh actually acknowledging the passage of time and really thinking about you know um what those shoes would have been right uh, back in your college days or something like that
2: yeah when you say dad rock you know it doesn't really conjure up a image of a child you're just thinking of the age of the guy but not really the fact that like he's a caretaker now when you say mom shoes i'm picturing it has puke on it and it's from the kid and not from her because she
1: got too drunk last night
0: <laughs> <laughs> though who can tell after you know, a, little, <laughs> well, a little bit
1: because like the because like the other thing that's connected with like mom mom fashion i think about mom jeans which are kind of a a staple um of of normcore right um and so i mean i guess like another kind of like like here's a here's like another question in in 2017 is indie rock normcore
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean i think the answer is a qualified yes right (laughs) unpack that please (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's uh, I, I think that we've sort of come come full circle because, like the what this album doesn't have, at least overtly, is any sort of provocation. You know, mm-hmm. and the the idea of indie rock originally was that it was there was kind of a punk aspect to it. There was a uh, there was like a, a sort of rejection of traditional uh, or mainstream modes of distribution. Right. And like some of it was because the the. um the uh, bands didn't have mass appeal, and so they, you know, they were. It was appropriate for them to address a smaller audience. Some of it was bands, ex- bands, bands who could blend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: a heck of a Freudian
1: slip. How do you really feel about indie rock?
0: <laughs> bands, uh, uh, bands who could have had mass appeal um ta- you know explicitly rejecting the mainstream distribution channels right but now it's not uh the idea of of mainstream distribution i mean hell last week we covered an album that was self-released on SoundCloud right like is that an indie record i mean uh indubitably but then is is Beyonce uh when she Beyonce would Beyonce right uh or um or any of the subsequent beyonceing of of other records right, like are those uh indie records somehow because they're through the same distribution channel i mean no they're they're not manifestly because they have huge corporate backing, and yet the the sort of channel in which they um that they enter your life is is the same so so but
1: you can you can only get beyonce's uh uh album on the uh on on her husband's streaming service i mean that's very (laughs) yeah i mean the channel's the the same if you're talking
2: about my computer it's not the same if you're talking about soundcloud versus (laughs) title versus spotify versus you know (laughs)
1: I mean, what? I mean, i am saying that Beyonce releasing uh, "Lemonade" on Title is uh, pretty much the same thing as Shamir uploading uh, <laughs> "Hope" to, to, to SoundCloud. As an aside, uh, uh, right? Title Be- is like a family
0: business, right? It's exactly. like uh, it's, it's like mom a gr- and
1: pop. It's totally mom and pop. <laughs> Just that the mom is, is Beyonce and the pop is JC. <laughs>
0: um. So yeah, I mean, it, it, my my point is more about the collapsing. Uh, The collapsing of distribution channels giving, you know, less meaning to the idea of indie rock. And that's that's the mechanism by which indie rock becomes normcore. I mean, did you have something else in mind when you asked? Was there another way uh, in which you think indie rock has become normcore or hasn't?
1: No, I think that is. Well, I, I think then but then I think part of why that it's then normcore is that. I guess what I'm saying is that it's kind of the re-indification of indie rock, right? Because I think that it's been a while where indie—I mean, I think that— That we're we're, so to kind of catch up to where we are. One of the first questions, actually the first question that you told me with is, is the Arcade Fire an indie band? Right. Um, And uh, and at the time, and I was blindsided with that and fumbled my way to a qualified yes. Um, But at the time, that was because that in terms of distribution, in terms of uh, exposure, in terms of sound, it was very much a pop record, and that kind of launched us on this great. Exploration of the porous membrane between indie and pop um and i think you know one thing that we found is that a lot of the the mainstream is very indie and a lot and and that that kind of um indie is a mainstream format um but i think that once that has has happened Right, and you have a lot of kind of, you know, the, the festival circuit and kind of the same, um, the same acts appearing on the festival circuit over and over. Um, and all of these kinds of forms of, um, whether it's in commercials, um, in, in radio, uh, on, uh, on streaming services and playlists, um, that, that exposure, right? Once you have a normalization of, of indie and it's like, and it's sold out, then and, and there's a, that level of ubiquity that's when it can then be norm chord right um and so i wasn't definitely wasn't asking is indie normal is it normalized is it mainstream but it's weird that i feel like there's a way in which um and it's it's the most kind of underwhelming of narratives but like 2017 is the return of big indie right um and and because like in addition to um you know this Feist album. Um, which is uh, her first in, what, like six years, I think, right? Um, and only the, the, you know, the, uh, th- you know, third since 2007, um, you know, that the reminder was a decade ago and there's only one in between. Um, and so that, and and there, there are returns by uh, the shins, um, by Dirty Projectors, by the new pornographers, um, and, and a number of other kind of newer, I think there's going to be another, um a, a fleet uh, foxes uh album after a return right and so that there is this sense where it's it's because of like normcore has become also is it's it's a weird thing where on the one hand normcore has also become normalized and yet it hasn't quite isn't quite over and so that the thing that normcore can like move on to is now indiness mm-hmm. and so i guess there's kind of like this so i was kind of getting at this weird kind of like i mean like you know a letting go of some of the concerns about sell the selling out of um of of indie artists from the early 2000s and kind of re-engaging with th- that kind of indiness now that we are, you know, ten years on from the late early two thousands, and and about fifteen years on from the early early two thousands.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, the the idea the I think that once you've sort of we've just lost we've lost the indie war you know once once indie is co-opted as as like a primarily aesthetic classification right like once rather than as the absence of of a sort of taint you know um (laughs) (laughs) not that sort of taint the (laughs) there's really only one sort of (laughs) (laughs) um right like uh There was a great article uh, in The New Yorker once by Califasana, which analyzed the idea of whiteness, the kind of the cultural, um, the American cultural conception of whiteness as the absence of of anything that would uh, that would um, taint the purity. Right. Yep. Of the whiteness. And that like
2: ask white Latinos that.
0: (laughs) Well, sure. Right. Like in in. Yeah and this is an American thing whereas in different different contexts European Latinos would be Latinos of European extraction would be considered white like in in America uh you're not and like and this is a porous boundary but like the the because you know certain ethnic groups who haven't been white have been sort of whitified through the course of through the course of history um you know uh like my ancestors the Italians uh but but um, the 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 conception of purity remains right, and like I I think that that like a sort of naive uh, theorization of Indy conceived of it as a sort of as a sort of purity. At least that was the discourse in the '90s when when we. Uh, Uh, in the last sort of historical stretch that, that we were doing on this show. Right. And like, there was this idea of, there was this idea of selling out, um, and, um, and if you sold out, you were sort of worth less as a uh, as an indie artist, right? You were you were I don't know you had kind of given up something, and you couldn't kind of revirginize yourself, right? Like like everyone is born with a finite quantity of indie, with a, a precious with a precious indie flower, <laughs> right? And uh, if you just let if you just let the big record companies, uh, if you give your flower to the big record companies, you don't uh, you don't have it anymore anymore and it will never ever come back and forever you will be uh just a uh you know I don't know like a uh used up spent uh you know wilted petals lying on the on the floor and no one will ever want to buy your albums again and and that like um that seems to be not not operating here I mean it's an interesting Contrast, isn't it, between the last historical stretch uh, in in the kind of grunge era um, when the idea of indie seemed to have a political import and not just uh, be an aesthetic classification, versus you know the the re-emergence of big indie, uh, as you put it, where where the point is more the point is more a certain kind of sound rather than uh, uh, you know a certain kind of political orientation.
2: Yeah, it just became a genre like any other. It's not about how it's produced; it's about just this is what it sounds like, or this is the kind of club that plays it, or whatever.
0: This is the genius of capitalism, right? Like, and, and that the the idea that anything can kind of be commodified and co opted into a uh, uh, you know into a op- into a purchase opportunity. Um, what I am saying, what I am saying, is that Feist is responsible for the lack of a communist utopia. In uh, uh, in the United States anyway, I hear her native Canada uh, is is in some ways uh, a lot more evolved in that respect.
1: It's actually a, it's, it's a plot right by the Canadians to uh, like the, her um, her iPod ad was all a plot to, to keep us shackled to our Apple devices. It was it was the it was the gateway, uh, the, the gateway
0: shackle. Uh, and this <laughs> was an inside job yeah exactly you know, you know, it was there was a feist heist
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like uh it's it's Canadian indie Rock Oceans Eleven, right? Uh and there's like and so actually that's like so that's like what you don't know about broken social scene is that it actually wasn't like um a a band slash collective. It was actually a um an elite team of Canadian uh heist artists and <laughs> and, 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 and con men. <laughs> and the idea was to to shackle like uh shackle America into an unproductive. Productive economic and political cycle so that canada could flourish <laughs> can you, um, um, and, and then they're going to steal the washington monument or something
0: <laughs> can you do i mean for for people who don't know can you do just a little history of broken social scene and and just canadian music can you just like canadian indie music can you just do a thumbnail sketch of of the uh, musical culture of an entire nation in you know 30 to 45 seconds
1: um, well, I mean, I think that uh, I I, I I'll, I'll give a few snapshots, which is that um, that Canada um, the, the, and kind of uh, both Toronto and Montreal music scenes were especially vibrant. Um, I would say in the period of two thousand five to two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, and uh, in um, I believe. And, and well actually if I'm getting this wrong um, either of you or, or listeners but broken social scene was um, I believe based out of Toronto um, and was a band that I remember uh, at their peak um, you could see three to four guitarists um, and like four to five singers um, and you know you know a a kind of you know six a minimum of six but often 11 twelve um, uh, people in the band um, and it and the the genre uh appellation is is tricky that there that that I had heard I think when they were introduced to me I believe the word post rock was thrown around um but these were there were kind of um and and the the earliest albums that were i think two thousand four two thousand five ish um were these kinds of i mean that share a lot with these feist albums um in that there was not so much one sound is that the sound was this kind of, um, omnivorous exploration of, of sounds. Um, but it was, especially in broken social scene was especially kind of expansive, um, and, uh, featured, um, feist as a, as a vocalist. Um, also Emily Haynes, um, of, of, uh, also metric. Yeah. Um, it was, is one of the, the vocalists, um, and then, um, and a number of kind of distinct songwriting personalities, um, and and personas, and so that was a big anchor there and that 's i mean it 's similar that kind of the the live experience uh which I experience, uh, which I saw like once um Uh, around, I think Feist had already left uh, and kind of gone off on her uh, solo album. Uh, So it was probably around 2006 or so. So it was um, pre-reminder that, uh, you know, it was a, that that kind of, there's a similar experience to also kind of peak, uh, kind of peak early Arcade Fire, right? Of this kind of many people collectively um, making, um, like, sort of joyous and expansive um, uh, music that was at that point, I mean, right, because it was indie, so it was indie at that time by means of production, but then became, then defined this other, what else became kind of uh, uh, as the generic indie. Um, But I I kind of want to return to something that um, you said early, Matt, um, of, of the kind of uh, the a kind of lack of provocation um and I think that i w- i 't kind of see if is because like I actually there are several moments of provocation um on the song I think the one that is strongest for me um and there are a few others that are subtle, but like it's I, I kind of had to laugh at this idea of a lack of kind of provocation either politically or or kind of artistically sure i um,
0: mean i I did correct myself and say a lack of overt provocation but but, well,
1: but i mean so what how how much more overt- Overt, can you get that a song that vamps into um, basically Jarvis Cocker doing an impression of Serge Gainsbourg, um, covering "Rent" over um, a Fleetwood Mac uh, uh, "Rumors" vamp right on on Century right um, and and because like as that as Century vamps, um, like he really like drops his register down a little bit and really goes kind of Serge Gainsbourg you know spoken word um, and and really lists out. Um, the seconds, hours and days. Um, and it builds in a way that to me really is so similar to like the chain. Right. And and to that big, long vamp um, in the back half of the chain. Um, and that that kind of really committing. Right. And it's it's not. It is, it's this interesting thing because it's, it's kind of trolly. It's both trolly and awesome, and it's awesome in its trolliness. <laughs> um, um, and, and, uh, cause there, there, there's a, there is a little bit of a, a drollness there, right?
0: To the, yeah. Type. It's done, it's done with a, yeah, with a kind of dry wit rather than right. with, you know what I mean? Rather, rather than a kind of aggressive, uh, provocation what's mm. the and what's the what 's the other one is it uh yeah it 's any party actually ends with the sound of a party right with like right. this this uh sound effects collage this sort of background Um, sound collage of, of like chatter, like cocktail party, chatter, uh, outdoor sounds, city sounds, um, and,
1: and the song and the first song of the album from a car, right? right? Like, like, so it's all right. There's like a universe,
0: right (laughs) there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these, I mean, these sorts of things, you know i don't know these these are interesting moves like the pitchfork review said, sort of cites that moment as an excess as being something that sort of detracts um, detracts from the the flow but just kind of going off of what you're saying i wonder if we could develop a theory of of these moments of punctuation where, mm. you know what I mean? Where the flow stops. That's uh, with a K, right? Punctuation. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I suppose. Uh, <laughs>
1: because, well, because they're the moments of, they're quiet moments of provocation, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, it, but yeah, it's Punctuation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, you know, Ryan mentioned Fleetwood Mac, but to me, what it sounds like, you know, just before Jarvis Cocker comes in was actually like, it really sounded like, yeah, he has Y-control.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And
2: then, you know, Matt says, you know, every once in a while, there's these moments of punctuation, but like, you know, Pleasure, the title song, like, that does start kind of, you know, very acoustic, feisty, very quiet. And then the guitar comes in, like all PJ yeah. Harvey-like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is a kind of a build. There, there is sort of a build aesthetic, right? Like on on this and on Century, which are the two rockers. Um, like and and it does, you know, for something that is is so resolutely chill throughout. Like the even with its sort of chill provocation, um, uh, the. Uh, i'm thinking of like yeah i'm I'm thinking of the kind of the passive aggressive the passive aggressive mood when you're provoking someone in fighting and they're mad at you and you can be like you can be like i'm calmer than you are i'm I'm chiller than you are hey why are you why are you getting all upset i'm chiller than you are why are you mad at this jarvis cocker thing I'm, i'm calmer than you are um it's like what this is just this is just easy listening. Why are you so worked up? Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> Exactly. Why
0: are you so why are you so uneasy listening? <laughs> uh to the to the easy listening. Um like the, there are two rockers. There's a bunch of sort of indie acoustic uh you know almost like coffee housey kind of stuff and then there's like a jazzy swing thing mm-hmm. um towards the end I, I, like at a certain point guys i have to admit just like the wash of the wash of uh uh beach housiness sort of got i i sort of forgot when the songs um when the songs began and end like i i sat down a number of times with lyrics to go through and be like you know develop individual observations about about some of the songs and i realized at at, at about the like 70 percent mark every time i tried to do this i realized that i had just stopped paying attention and was daydreaming (laughs) and was like just sort of lost in a world of my own just like watching the watching from the beach house as the waves uh lap up onto uh onto the shore but but my my uh you know long story short too late my point is um that there, there is a certain, uh, there is a certain stylistic range. Even though the hashtag vibe might be very similar, there are uh, musical mm. characteristics that distinguish um, the songs pretty distinctly from from one another. And and I'm given to understand that the kind of the jazzy moments are the the feist the feist of old, the more experimental. Uh, and so less poppy And less sort of stripped down Beach housey type of feist
2: I mean I was looking up her records on Wikipedia just to like see what set list uh, What you know what the songs are in each record Because she changed a lot I feel like Let It Die and The Reminder are more similar And then Metals was a big break And this one's a lot more like Metals And the funny thing is the thing the Like the second sentence in the Wikipedia article for Let It Die is The album combines jazz, bossa nova And indie rock
1: Yeah Yes it does. And 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 I love it. And and which is again it's not not typical, but I mean it is in that um I mean this was also Yeah, I mean what what does the combination of jazz, bossa nova and indie rock evoke for you? Like uh what does that tell you about uh, about the sound?
2: <laughs> I mean for me, you know, now let it die because I've read this. <laughs> but basically the funny thing that I would say is like I, I don't see nova in this one, but like indie rock and jazz are still present in this one. But, you know, yeah. they have the same elements, but they sound so wildly different. Like Let It Die and Pleasure don't sound anything
1: alike. Yeah, I, I think... Um... <laughs> I, I do think that you don't have because like there's definitely a bunch of the um, the the songs on um, Let It Die have these like little like fun little shuffles like uh, like Mushaboom yeah um, and like Gatekeeper uh, which I believe was. Um, uh, co-written by our internet friend Chili Gonzalez um, <laughs> uh, 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 has like this kind of there's there's like this these this shuffle this kind of shuffling momentum, um, and I think those that those vibes are kind of. Um, replaced by the the kind of rockier, um, uh, like the 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 rocking is kind of a newer piece there. I mean, and there's some of that in metals, but I feel like the on on pleasure on century that that is is kind of a a newer element, and that kind of um, you know that 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 these songs kind of rock and build where they they once kind of shuffled along. I
0: mean, what is the where does that uh, sit for you? Is it the the uh, the fact that there are drums? Is it the fact that the beat is more insistent? Yeah. And all The kind of the uh, electric guitars with distortion and kind of stuff, all of the above? I mean, one of the bigger
1: differences percu- uh, in terms of percussion is that uh, on a lot of, at least the first several songs on... Um, on on uh, let it die i associate with the percussion as being um at least uh, as as being uh, brushes right and so that there's a lot of brushes that tap 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 um, and a lot of, like, little shuffles, right? Um, and so it's, like, it's, like, um, it's, it's, like, it's, like, a cat tap dancing along, right? <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and with, with the little, with little pads on the feet, um, and, and that, uh, uh, uh the, the, the rockier songs, uh, the pleasure, the, the century is, like, you know, a, a, uh, a horse has joined the tap dancing cat, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and, and he's doing, and the horse is doing kind of like more like Irish step dancing. <laughs> um, and, that I mean, and, and it is interesting. I mean, the other, uh, you know, in addition to those two songs, one of these other kind of moments of quiet provocation is also at the end of, um, uh, a man is not his song, um, that has this snippet of a song by, um, the metal band Mastodon. um, and. And, uh, and it's this, like, very, like, which is, like, a kind of contemporary, um, you know, like, prog metal band, right? Kind of indie-leaning metal band um, or indie-adjacent metal band who's collaborated with Feist before. Um, and so that, you know, these elements of not only it's not the presence or absence of drums, but it's how the drum is hit and with what level of force, right? And so the drums um here are are being hit more. when they're they're either not being hit at all and it is more acoustic. Um or when they're hit they
0: are they are hit with purpose. Hmm. Um with that the purpose being to annihilate or <laughs> to uh you know Or maybe just to create pleasure.
1: (laughs) So I think where, in terms of lyrics, where where is a good are good places to jump in? Is is the title track a good one? Yeah, I
0: mean it. it, uh, Sure, it um, it sure is. Like uh, uh, it's what what does it mean to be my pleasure and your pleasure? Uh, That's the same. That's what we're here for. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure that's that's what we're here for i mean is this sort of giving the lie to the idea of popular music as being uh uh, as being entertainment is it talking about the kind of instrumentality of relationships uh is it talking about um something that i'm not you know that i'm not not thinking thinking about like what is what does it mean what what is my pleasure and what is your pleasure
1: um, well, I think I don't know going to i mean I'm wondering if the um the choruses um or the verses help right um so verse one is get what I want and it's still a mysterious thing that I want so when I get it I make sense of a mysterious thing because I've taken flight on such a serious wing um I and you are the same and either fiction or dreaming uh we know enough to admit we know enough to admit we know enough to admit it's my pleasure and your pleasure it's my pleasure and your pleasure um and then kind of, I think, though, then the second verse shifts it a bit and says, oh, an echo calls up the line, an indication of time, our togetherness. That is how we evolved. We became our needs, ages up inside, escaping similar pain, dreaming safe and secure, uh, generations in line, old and then the youth come to meet or fade, a chromosomal raid built by what we got built for. Um as much as as what we avoid, so the mystery lifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's both a relationship and indie, and, and and performer uh, audience. I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I uh, there there's kind of a dichotomy here between um, between ones between one's own drives and one's sort of experience of those mm-hmm. drives, right? Yeah. Like the idea that that we became our needs yeah uh, it you know implies that there's a we there's like uh there's kind of an experience and then there's this idea of sort of needs there's this idea of like what um you know uh Uh, of, I don't know, physical, physical needs for food and shelter, the drive to reproduce, uh, the kind of the, the drive to seek, to seek pleasure and enjoyment and avoid pain, uh, and discomfort, right? Like, um, and that, like that the identity, the identity sort of forms around those things, but it's not a foregone conclusion that it will, uh, or, or, um, or the way, uh the way in which it will right like the that the the experience of escaping similar pain or dreaming safe and secure uh will turn into um will turn into the way that i make sense of a of a mysterious thing yeah there's i, I got- mean in the lyrics there's a couple there's a couple of things like this that are about um that are about retrospection and about sort of problematizing uh, uh, problematizing the, the, the meanings of things, right. A man is not his song, uh, is, is one of these, like the idea, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of an attack on the idea of autobiographical songwriting, which is interesting because there are, there are some like, breakup songs or things like i wish i didn't miss you which seem like they they ought to be autobiographical though they are they are from everybody's autobiography because like it they do get at sort of universal um uh universal uh experiences but like uh, a man is not a song Uh, if a man is just a song then the song is beyond us um Uh, they make it up and it sends in deep elation. Eventually it could let you down. Uh, You know, the, the, the the idea of like the constructedness of songs, but then the, the sort of um, the verse two is interesting because it's about the ways in which a man is his song and a a little bit, or, or a woman in this case, one is one's song, right? Uh, That filament that flies by and it brings yellow light from those yellow summers back by coconut palm, snowy pine. I've heard years pass through my ears to hear otherwise. We all believe in old melodies, carry tunes around like they carry me. Right. So this is a sort of the, the uh, maybe a man is not his song. If the man is the author of a song, but to a certain extent, a man is his song. If, if he is the listener of Of the song, because the song is a is a sort of filament um that is sort of like a thread that brings light from the past, you know um whatever your experience is, whether it 's like tropical palm trees or like uh you know alpine evergreens uh and snow that the the um, the years uh the song is kind of a a time machine that transports you um, back across, across the years. And because you are your memories, you know, you are in, in a certain sense, the, the songs that, um, the songs that, that bring back the memories. So it's not, you know, it's interesting, like the autobiographical quality of the songwriting versus the kind of the autobiographical building blocks that songs become yeah. in the way that we associate and, and you know, this is definitely true of me, I'll bet of you as well. Like that we associate certain songs or groups of songs or styles of music or whatever with certain periods in our lives, certain places we've lived, jobs, relationships, phases, you know, what what have you. Um and, and this is yeah, this is another example. I think there are more of the idea of what of uh Mm, A sort of uh, a sort of nostalgia and an idea, an idea about like experience and the sort of interpretation of experience or kind of the contemplation of experience at a remove. Well,
1: I mean, I like this idea because it's it's that a man is not his, his song because he's not one song, but it's that that kind of like it's more like a kind of like song mulch, right? That like there's like a bunch of chopped up songs, or like it's like the IKEA
0: particle board, right? so- uh, yeah, exactly, song tartar. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um and and that that you are kind of a a um a bricolage of songs or a a mix that is um you know held together more or less tightly or loosely. Um I yeah, think that, a man, a
0: man I, I, is not his song, but he is his songs
1: yeah 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 he is a he has a song melange um and and I think this also then on this on the bigger theme though about this kind of reflection and introspection and and a little bit of the nostalgia, I think that connects to um century as well right um and especially in this like a century, right how long is that? um you know I'm not going to list the number of seconds, hours, and days, but then it's almost as long as one of those endless dark nights of the soul those nights that never end when you believe you'll never see the sunrise again. When a single second feels like a century. Right. Um, and uh, I think that that kind of connects to that bigger theme that you were, um, that you were pulling out in this, uh, in, in, in this arc of songs as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the idea, like someone who will lead you to someone who will lead you to someone who will lead you to the one, uh, at the end of the century has this like has this sort of idea again of like the instrumentality of of relationships that like yeah. you know that these things are not um that there's kind of a there's a purpose rather rather than being sort of intrinsically worthwhile right like there is a the one and that that like there are many many uh, there are many, many sort of steps along that path. But but to a certain extent, right, like this is only something uh, – this is like beginning of the journey and end of the journey thinking, you know, mm-hmm. that like there are two – like when you're in the shit, you're in the shit is my my point, like relationship-wise or like job-wise or, you know, whatever. Like when when you're living, right, you do it without a sense of – uh, or uh, I mean maybe you have self awareness and sort of a sense of reflection, but like when you're living through from from day to day uh there it's just um you know it's uh it's just experience, but it's at the moments it's at the kind of the nexus moments where you kind of take stock, and at that point uh is this is this someone or is this the one right and like mm-hmm. the 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 difference between someone and the one is a difference of uh is a is a qualitative difference it's a difference of of interpretation um rather than you know rather than being something intrinsically different about about the many someones and the single the one you know cuz many times in life uh, what you think is the one may just turn out to be someone. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was uh, deep, dude. No, Amanda, do you have a take yeah. on century? I, I or mean, yeah, or I hate to be—I I hate,
0: I hate to be the guy who delivers the news because you're both married. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what stuck out to nope. you, Amanda? No, nope, no,
1: no, man. It's just you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mm,
2: oh god, honestly, I don't know. I mean,
0: yeah, I couldn't tell me, the, I couldn't tell the difference between these songs either.
2: No, yeah, like to me I was listening more for the guitar and the general vibe in this, I guess, rather than the lyrics.
0: Well, was there a vibe? Yeah, was the uh, This is a thing cuz Ryan and I get get bogged down honestly sometimes in the in the lyric sheets and trying to make sense of that, but but I think you're right that the vibe is primary. Um, in in a lot of this music. So was there, I mean, was there a vibe that, that you vibed with uh, in particular?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, in Pleasure, I love mm-hmm. how, you know, it's kind of very acoustic and slow and then suddenly just gets very loud guitars and very angry girl in her room angry girl in her room is like my favorite genre of music uh-huh. as you guys probably know fiona apple and stuff like that
0: <laughs> Wait, unpack that a little bit why why is she in her room the angry girl
2: i don't know you just kind of get the sense from the sound that you know she's recording alone in the cabin or something you know she's not in a studio with a whole bunch of you know production team or whatever uh-huh. it sounds like she I, you know i think i saw i listen to an interview with her on the on the radio the other day and she mentioned something about going up to a cabin and, and you know just recording there and you get that sound in the record you can tell that she's kind of just recording mostly by herself sure. at times
0: i mean is fiona apple an in indie band
2: I don't
0: know. We'll see. I mean, she must be. Uh, you know, there must be more music coming from her soon. Um, <laughs> please, or,
1: please, or we'll, or we'll Prayer catch emoji up in the, in the in the nineties. You know, either way, yeah. all roads all roads lead to Fiona Apple. Don't
2: uh, worry. <laughs>
0: um, Prayer
2: hands emoji for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a. I mean, that's an interesting thing because what you're talking about is sort of an indiness, right? Like what what are you free from? What are you free from? Uh, free from when you're in in your room, right? Like, and I oh, think people's I think,
2: expectations basically can yeah. just sound crazy.
0: I think that that's like, I think that's... um, I think we need to consult Virginia Woolf on this uh, oh. a little bit. But there's like, there's kind of an indie rock room of one's own, right?
2: Yeah, I, I was just watching the Who the fuck? We yeah, we can curse in this podcast. Yeah, Who the fuck? Yeah. Video by PJ Harvey from Who, who Heard Today. And she's wearing like a Spice Girls t-shirt that she cut up. And I feel like that, Like we should put that on the show notes. That video just like exemplifies Indie Girl Rock's room of her, of her own, Angry Girl in her room, whatever. Because just PJ Harvey wearing Spice Girls merch, just thrashing around her room, loud guitars, screaming who the fuck.
0: Well, it's interesting. She's wearing the Spice Girls merch, right? And I think that's yeah. important. She's kind of destroyed it. Right or sort of re? Yeah, repro- yeah she
2: like cut it up yeah, with re- scissors.
0: Reprocessed it in a way that kind of subverts its original meaning, and yet she's appropriating certain certain parts of it while subverting um, subverting certain parts of it. So like, there's a kind of maybe there's a kind of like individuality that the the room enables a, a kind of individuality um that might get lost in a more you know socially conformist milieu like uh uh like the patriarchy
2: no but i i think that's exactly it i think the main thing that like defines angry girl in her room for me i guess is yeah that sense of like not giving a fuck what you're supposed to sound like or what your lyrics are supposed to you know like fiona apple like i used to like pick up like my Oxford dictionary and just look up all the words in it because like I didn't know what she's talking about. I don't know what a Rubicon is. You know (laughs) (laughs) But you know that she
1: crossed it. You know that she
2: crossed something. She made (laughs) it very clear.
1: Um I mean I think this idea of the room uh is is interesting in a couple of ways. I mean one I think it actually connects back to um um last week again with with Shamir, right? And of getting if if the, in some ways that the being alone in your room is this kind of it 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 is the the ideal in some ways of indiness, right? Because in part because you know you, you're you're shutting out expectations, but you're also shutting out like ugh, like mom and dad. Right? <laughs> right. Um, right. Um, or, or someone else. Maybe, maybe it's a, um, a, a, a husband or a wife, a significant other. Maybe it's kids. Um, um, but it's, you are, you are like, it creates the time to yourself. Right. And that is actually like, one mode of independence is not being watched, right, and being able to kind of express yourself without expectations um and so that you know, and we talked about the ways in which Shamir did that, um, but I think that in some ways, just like the release schedule um and and kind of you know it's not that Feist has gone on hiatus right or retired and unretired, uh, but that that kind of moving away right that that actually slowness. Um, of uh, you know and and chillness of release schedule kind of meta chillness um is actually a way to start to uh, recreate that indie room um and uh in in kind of space-time um, by not having this kind of by also breaking the cycle of of expectations and and the re- release schedule um is that it's really like you know there is actually i had this question i was like what did that last feist album sound like i remember listening to it a lot, and I, I re-listened to it this week, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a good album." Uh, and I went back through all of them, um, but that there is this kind of it's it's off the off the cycle, and I think it actually connects in a lot of ways to the album art, right? The um the the woman kind of running into the door in the flower wall, right? And, and my sense is that the like behind that door is is the room, right? Is 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 the room the room of the self, right? The it's like a magical indie room. Um, and you go through that door and
0: you go into your own indie room. Well, the, um, there's a sign. Yeah. I mean, like let's, it's a, uh, there's, there's sort of a wall or a fence or something like that. And it's covered with a hedge and the hedge has, it looks like bougainvillea or something like that on it. Like there's a a sort of purplish flower. Um, and, uh, uh, a woman wearing flats and, and, uh, a dress that kind of is in the same color, uh thing in the flowers is like taking a flying leap into uh into the fence. I mean like it, into oh, there's the a door.
1: Of, there there yeah, is a there's, door.
0: There's a door with a but with a wire mesh like screen door and uh and door inside. So like is the door open? Is it opening? Is it shut? Is the room of pleasure uh is the room of pleasure uh shut to this woman? Is she trying to get into the room? uh into the room of her own um is or will it like open majestically will she melt into the thing i mean i think this is an interesting i read it as more of a problem than than uh, than you seem mm. to, and I, I actually like as as we're engaging with it a little bit. This this idea of sort of even problematizing the idea of of a room is interesting to me, right? Cause right. Like, what's you know, when when you're in the room, well, what's what's in the room with you? Like, even if you're alone, your history is in the room right. with you, you know. And that's that's the sort of chromosomal uh, raid, <laughs> you know. It, it's it's the <laughs> yeah, chromosomal raid. It's the assault of the chromosomes on your solitude, right? Like. Um, the idea of, uh, what we got built for and what we avoid, right? Like our, our aversions and our drives, um, you know, uh, the, the idea, you know, the idea of sort of me and you and the boundary between me and you, it's my pleasure and your pleasure. It's my pleasure and your pleasure. That's the same. That's what we're here for you know, um, the idea that my pleasure and your pleasure are, are the same, like it, I, I'm coming to realize there is a sort of, um, there's a sort of, uh, 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 challenge being, being raised to the idea of a clean separation between me and you. Like even, even like, uh, even in, in a very straightforward sort of breakup song, like, I wish I didn't miss you, you know, um, it's sort of like, well, it's, I wish I weren't upset about the, the, um, uh I wish I weren't upset about the breakup but the the way it's framed is really interesting right like she's, uh, she's talking about how to reach out of uh, how to reach out my mind if I can't think straight um you know uh I wish I did, you know I wish I didn't miss you right like the idea that like um are you in the same city as me uh but as long as I miss you you're sort of pursuing, you, you know there's there's this sort of pursuit we're not we're not ever uh, really, really absent, um, really absent to each other. So like the idea, w- w- you know, whether the room is, is accessible or not, um, or whether, you know, whether people follow you in there, uh, uh, unbidden is, is I think an interesting, uh, an interesting question. And, you know,
2: to go back to what Ryan was saying about Shamir a little bit, I think, you know, Yeah, Shamir's definitely, like, an honorary angry girl in her room. And I think, yeah, the whole, you know, recording it on his own, like, little four tracks is part of it, but it's not the main part. I think the main part would be, like, you know, no interference from the label, you know, no corporate notes on, like what your album sounds like or looks like. And I think it's interesting that Metals is, it sounds pretty similar to this one. And I feel like it's a lot less, you know, easy listening, uh, listening than the first two. But the cover still like, the cover art is still very conventional and it's beautiful, but it looks very much like hipstery, you know, oh hipster, like wall poster or whatever. And this one is just like TFT level alienating and confounding, Like, what is that?
1: hmm yeah no it's just this weird wall
2: (laughs) of like flowers like it looks like i just went and like took a picture of a wall in like my grandma's street or whatever and just like uh, used it as an album cover
1: it also looks like a Liberty print, like, came alive and is attacking this poor woman. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, and I mean, that's the interesting thing about the pleasure wall, right? Is that it's kind of like, it's both beautiful and yet it's a little overgrown, right? Um, and, uh, and, and she is kind of on the one hand, you're right that I was kind of assuming that, like, You know, the door is going to open to her, but like it very well may not. And she may smack right into that (laughs) wall, (laughs) right? Um, It's like the Harry
2: Potter thing at the train station.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't
2: go in with like full confidence, you're just going to get smacked up against the wall.
1: Exactly. What I I can imagine that this kind of plays. I mean, I imagine that what I imagine is that this is like there's an infinite pleasure draw, right? And that so there's a random number generator that like determines that each time this plays, sometimes um, the door opens and she goes inside, and those are the percussionless songs that are vibey. And sometimes (laughs) she uh, hits the wall, and those are the rock songs, right? Um, And that, but interestingly, when you hit the wall, you You discover that that you are already in your room because if there 's a wall and a door, then there's some other set of walls that create your room um and so the like you know wherever you go there you room um, uh, and 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 so that and and that 's about this kind of. Um, you know, rather than seeking the pleasure, um, and, and, and and the pleasure must be in this destination, it's, it's making that pleasure, um, where you are. And I guess that, that, that again, kind of connects to where we were with, um, with, with hope, uh, last week and actually weirdly with, um, with damn two weeks ago, right? If, if kind of it's ending in this place of being ready to live, right? Um, Unready to engage I mean I think this has a li- little more um, Ambivalence in that it is It is ambivalent Right? <laughs> that there are there are Multiple valences um, But I think that it is um, I mean I don't know I guess that it's it's, one, it's it's interesting is that These albums were I think conceived at, With different times with respect To um, Donald Trump's election And inauguration but I think these senses Of both kind of despair and agitation But also kind of versions of self-care or acceptance or actualization are kind of these i mean i guess that those kinds of ways of of engaging are what indie means today right and what new neo neo indie um is right if like the kind of Peak indie of the early two thousands coincided with the um, Bush era, right? And I, I mean, I think of things like um, right, "Bright Eyes," "I'm Wide Awake" is morning, right? Which is like I cannot listen to that album without thinking of kind of you know. Oh, peak, it's about we made we
0: made we made love on the living room floor with the noise yep. in the background of a televised war. It's <laughs> the about noise the invasion in the of the background of a televised <laughs> war, and in the deafening pleasure, I thought I heard someone say, "Yeah, exactly." Like can, can can you not like I mean, I think we've all been there. Am I right? <laughs> Up top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just so. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow, just as that connects uh, unstoppably with the, yeah. the uh, Bush 43 era. Right.
1: That the, the, these, I think, are engaging with some of that politicization but it's it's the tenor is a little different right and i mean there are are other um songs you know other albums other um artists are engaging even in more explicit ways with this environment um uh but that i i think that these are all of a piece where weirdly though at least a number of these that we've been at come to certain kinds of you know versions of hope or versions of acceptance or presence um with a with 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 life and and kind of the living of it um and and i think that that's another way to kind of understand um the kind of the project of 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 pleasure um in light of kind of both the the kind of intersection between lyrics music and the kind of um the kind of powerful visual presentation
0: so i'm all uh, i'm all turned around i don't know if uh, i'm going to be entering the podcast now or exiting the podcast now but i know you're just
1: this... gonna run or you just run straight into the podcast going to run straight, <laughs> straight at something
0: of... and then hope it but i know we're at a moment of nexus and not uh not at a moment of continuation so uh uh thank you uh uh thank you amanda for joining us it's it's my pleasure
2: it's your pleasure.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and thank you as always, Ryan. And thank you for... Hey, Amanda's not his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and thank, uh, thank all the listeners for listening. We're on Twitter, TFT Podcast. We're on Facebook at Theory for Turntables. And we'll be back next week with more TFT. Till then, keep it real.